Welcome to GleeCast, the somewhat occasionally weekly home of Glee and casting. Here are your hosts, Emily and Erica. Erica, there's something I think we really need to talk about. You know, I've kind of been thinking the same thing, too. I mean, the writing's been on the wall for a really long time. I never see you anymore. I know. I mean, you live in Long Island. I'm, I'm in the Bronx. There's a lot of, what would you say, distance between us, if you will. It's like we're a very long distance away from each other. Yeah, and I don't see how a relationship can work if it includes distance. I don't think it can. Why have no. we been denying no. it for this long? I don't know. I mean, we, we lasted a long time in denial, apparently, if, if Glee is to be believed. It's a true story. Absolutely. So, welcome to GleeCast, where long-distance relationships come to die. Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, that is the moral of, of the day. Uh, I guess we'll get into whether or not we agree with this or not. Um, but before then, I'm Emily. I'm Erica. We're GleeCast. We're going to talk about the breakup episode. Was it called Breakup? It was called The Breakup, yeah. Okay. <clears throat> I wasn't sure if it was that or just called, like, Long Distance or something, but... <laughs> the Glee's titles are pretty easy to decipher, generally. Yeah, and apparently they're also spoilers, so. Yeah, that's a shame. And it's annoying, too, because now I've been um, been watching Breaking Bad on Netflix. And the instant, the instant watch, the descriptions of the episodes spoil the episodes left and right. It's really annoying. Yeah, I you need to, to not force read them. myself not to read them. Yeah. When we were doing Buffy, it was similar I mean, for me, it was fun because I'd watch Buffy, but my boyfriend hasn't. And I would, like, as soon as I flipped the next episode, I'd be like, close your eyes! Close your eyes! <laughs> He's like, what? I'm like, don't look! Don't look! Because it would say things that would be very spoiling. Spoilering. Spoiler. 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 Spoilerific. I don't, yeah, I don't know what the proper adjective is, but you get my point. <clears throat> um, before we delve into the episode, should we talk about a couple of other um, notes of television? Let's. Okay, um, I <laughs> I watched something that was really exciting that actually tied into Glee. <laughs> it would have been a um, little Lifetime original thriller called A Mother's Nightmare. Uh, Erica, what do you think A Mother's Nightmare is? <clears throat> um, her child dying. Okay, I mean, can you give a little more specifics? Because, I mean, like, I don't know. <clears throat> her child dying in a terrible way. Okay, if you were Lifetime and you had to make a movie <laughs> about a mother's worst nightmare... Her child would... was into drugs, raped, and killed. All right, you're, you're sort of there, actually, come to think about it. So, A Mother's Nightmare is about... Um, the mother in question uh, is coming off of a divorce. She is a single mom now. Uh, her ex-husband was an alcoholic. He's since reformed himself, but, I mean, he, you know, they, they knew that when he drank, he... Um, she has a 16, 17-year-old son um, who might be familiar to, to some people out there. I, I'll reveal who he is soon. Uh, and her son is a track star and good student and stuff, but he's also a little depressed. And into his life walks a beautiful young woman who you might recognize from the 90210 reboot show. She's one of the girls in that. And she's essentially an orphan pathological liar who... Uh, seems to be obsessed with high school athletes that look like her dead father. And oh. what she does basically is she ruins their lives by like getting them to quit their sports team and getting them to do drugs and drink. And then eventually she accuses them of rape and then they kill themselves. Um, so the man she has set her sights on happens to be played by the dude that played Sebastian. <laughs> honestly. 
this was amazing <coughs> because it meant for 90 minutes I got to watch him. He, he's a weird, his head, he, I mean, we, we joked about calling him meerkat face, but his face is shaped really strangely. And the fact that his hair, that there's probably like nine pounds of hair that all goes in different directions on top of his head. What a weird looking young man he is. Um, is Do you know what year this was made? Like, is it oh, post his glee? No, no, no. This was, um, I'm pretty sure this was, because it was a, a premiere. So it was probably this year oh, or last year. Okay. Yeah, no, it's a brand new thing. Like, and it, because it didn't have any head, like the, I mean, the girl people would recognize from 90210. Um, and him, you'd recognize from Glee. The mother, I didn't recognize. She kind of looked like a Lifetime woman, though. Um, more like somebody who would watch Lifetime than somebody <laughs> who would be on these kinds of movies. Uh, but it was amazing. And there's, okay, there's a great scene where at one point, like, he's running to her, and they just turn it into, like, speed vision of him running. Like, kind of like in Twilight when they run. Oh. And then, um, so... I won't spoil anything, but it, it, anybody watching this is, go, is going to know that eventually this teen harlot is going to have a girl fight with the mother. It is the worst girl fight I have ever seen on film. Like, they're not, like, they're just kind of touching each other and rolling, and it was amazing, and I highly recommend it. A Mother's Nightmare. I believe um, Beth checked, and I think it is airing October 20th, 21st again. So look for it, folks. I, I cannot recommend it highly enough. <laughs> um. <clears throat> I actually started watching an older show that is the most fabulous show ever. And it just came all, well, not all the seasons, but it just came on Netflix. Mm -hmm. For some reason, season one is mix missing, but seasons two, three, and four are there. And I think everyone should run out and watch it right now. And it is RuPaul's Drag Race. I've never watched it. And um, I mean, you as well as I have been pressured for years from our friend Fozzie to watch it. And I just never got around to it. It used to air opposite, uh, ironically enough, America's Next Top Model, I think. Or it would air at 10 o'clock and America's Next Top Model ended at 10 and then something else started at 10. So it was very difficult for me to DVR it. But now that it's on Instant, I will check it out. Yes, because um, actually on October 22nd, her All-Stars season starts. And RuPaul is very good about keeping things interesting. Mm -hmm. So like, I mean, it's clearly like a mixture of America's Next Top Model and Project Runway. Right, and they like, have to make clothes, right? Yeah, and like... They have to make like they have to make their costumes to fit the challenge. Sometimes they have to make more than one costume per challenge. Like at towards the end of the show, they wind up having to make three costumes per challenge. That's insane. Um, they like they basically have to do everything. Like it's also like the Glee project. Like sometimes they have they to perform. sing. Yeah. They have to perform. They ha they've had them sing live before. They have to act in like skits. They have to, like comedy skits, so they have to be funny. They have to have comedic timing. Like they basically have to do everything. They have to be super well-rounded. So it's really a lot of fun to watch. What is the prize? <clears throat> um, actually, the money keeps going up every year. The first okay. year in season two, it was uh fifty. In season three, it was seventy-five, and now this in season four, I think it's a hundred, or okay. it might it went up in increments of twenty-five. It might have started at twenty-five. I don't really remember. Okay. Um, even though I watched it all this weekend, um, but <clears throat> and they also get like um a PR contract with the leading like uh, what you call it, drag like, queen PR company. <laughs> yeah, like well, they don't call it that though. It's like the leading G L LGBT. Okay. publicity firm yeah, um into they get um a life like a a year supply of makeup from this makeup company Ooh. 
Uh, is it like a year? Wait, for a drag queen, a year yeah. supply, is it a certain amount or is it like, no, if you went through nine pounds today, you get <laughs> nine pounds tomorrow? Because I feel like a year, normally a year supply of something is usually more than enough. But for a drag queen, I would think a year supply of makeup would be, that might be worth $75,000. Yeah, I'm not sure. They didn't really specify. Um, and then they're also the headliner on the absolute sponsored drag tour. Okay, interesting. So it's a bunch of different prizes, and yeah. they keep getting better every year. And RuPaul's very good about keeping things not stagnant. Mm-hmm. So, like, even though you have the same basic premise for, like, for each competition, like, each week of the competition each season, she, like, constantly, like, updates everything and makes it a new concept. So that's really fun. And actually, in All-Stars, she's making them work in teams of two. Hmm. Because she felt like it was starting to get a little stagnant already after only four seasons. And RuPaul's like just fabulous. So everyone should run out and watch it because it's the best thing I've watched all year. You have convinced me. Yeah. As soon as I find time. Because now I'm kind of like, ah, I guess now I'll finish whatever is left on Bre- of Breaking Bad on Netflix. So I guess when I get through that, I will uh, I'll do it. And you know, you know what I should do? I keep forgetting I can do this. I can totally do Netflix Instant on my phone when I'm at the gym or like commuting and stuff. You can. Yeah. That was the best discovery ever a few weeks ago when I went to the gym on a Sunday and I have never seen a worse selection of television airing <laughs> at the gym and it was really upsetting. But then I was like, wait a minute, maybe my 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 Netflix will work here. And it did. So I watched three episodes of Dinosaurs. Lovely. Yeah. And it, hey, if you haven't watched Dinosaurs since you were a kid, watch it. It's actually a very smart and clever show. I'm sure it was. Also about dinosaurs. So that's fun. <clears throat> um. So yeah. So that's that. Awesome. Yeah. I, other than that, TV wise, I, I've been, it was hard because of this again. I, I know it's a first world problem and I shouldn't complain, but the whole Thursday night, everything on, I have to on demand stuff. It's really, really difficult for me. Uh, but I have managed to almost be caught up with my TV. I'm still one episode of Parks and Rec behind, but I did watch 30 Rock on demand. I caught The Office. 30 Rock was good. I'm curious to see how it's going to end. I feel like they will actually yeah. end it in a fun way just because they they have so much time to end it. Yeah, and because she's... Tina Fey. Well, I, I mean, because Jack is like... Basic, what did he call it? I forget because I watched it a week ago already. <laughs> the uh, thing? I don't, I don't know. Remember he was like, whatever, the TV station. Cable Town. Cable Vision. Cable Town? Cable Vision. Cable Town. Cable Town. Cable Vision is what I... I, I use and pay for yes. No, no, no. Maybe. But he he had a term, and he was like, "Liz, you need to do this to the to the wedding." Just blah blah blah. Oh, the... oh, you need to shit. Oh God, what was it? I don't know. Oh, um, oh God, I I don't I don't know, but uh. Uh, maybe I can find it if I, I've, I've got a plan for this, but let's keep that. Okay. Anyway, um, it'll be interesting to see where that goes. If he actually like destroys the company or. Yeah. Yeah. I could end in a big way. The, Um, yeah. What else has been on? The Mindy project is still good. I didn't watch last night's yet. It was a lot of fun. Okay, good. Um, it was a lot of fun. I laughed out loud quite a few times, which is always a rarity now. I laughed out loud the last episode of America's Next Top Model. Well, yeah. Because they had, they had the challenge. Oh, God. The challenge was the girls all had to pose 
kind of as if they were trashed. Like one girl had to pose throwing up in a toilet. Oh. Uh, one girl had to pose licking soda off the floor. One girl got to pose sitting on a toilet uh, as, and she made up a story that she had just taken a pregnancy test. Uh, and one girl got to pose in a dumpster. And my favorite had to be the girl who got to pose uh, drinking, uh, drinking a, having a gallon of milk like spill over her. What? Yeah, no, she had to sit there with a gallon of milk and she's holding the gallon of milk like over her mouth as her chin's pointed up and she's like just, you know, letting the milk flow down her bosoms because uh, there's nothing weird or uh, suggestive about that image. This no. is the college cycle. This is the, I got these girls to drop out of college cycle and okay. now they're posing like porn stars. It's amazing. I love it. Uh, to I bring it. It's terrible, but it, <laughs> To bring it full circle, one of the challenges every season on um, on RuPaul's Drag Race is the Snatch Game, which mm-hmm. is basically a game show where they have to do they have to put on their best celebrity drag. And okay. One of the girls last season did Tyra. It was, <gasps> nice. It was pretty fun. Nice, nice, nice. I like that. And apparently, she knew Tyra personally, which I was confused by, but huh. it was pretty great. Well, I guess it's easier to you know take on the persona if you've seen them in action you know yep okay so all right do we have anything else or should we move on to glee no let's do glee all right so this episode written by ryan murphy and directed by alfonso gomez rejon who's directed a few episodes and directed the britney episode i think so far okay don't go breaking my heart unless you're in a long distance relationship at which point any chance of success is a waste of time that's the mantra of tonight's glee where santana and britney end things before they sour on their own. Blaine reveals he was with someone that was not our favorite Vogue intern. And Finn comes to Brooklyn to run back to Lima and hide not well enough for Rachel not to find him and tell him she is done. Even Will and Emma get in on the not fun when 2012's Teacher of the Year gets accepted to the Blue Ribbon panel only to to discover his fiance may not be so willing to just up and leave her life in Lima. Oh yeah, and Jake broke up with Kitty, something, 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 no one cares. Love was destroyed, Will got newly employed, Sam has a reason to be overjoyed, and that's what you missed on Glee. Glee. Yeah, we got it. So, uh, why don't we do the, why don't we get, okay, let's just get the the Glee babies stuff out of the way. <clears throat> okay, well let's just do Will and Emma quick. Okay. Um, you don't even have that written down, do you? Wow. Wait, do I? I don't know. Do I? No. Yes, oh, I yeah, do. you do. There it is. Well, um, I just thought they both overreacted so badly to the situation. How long is it? That it's like a couple of months. It's like two yeah. or three months. If, if you're in your, what, 30s and your relationship isn't strong enough to handle four months apart from each other in this day and age where you can Skype and you can text, and you can call each other, there is something really wrong with your relationship. Yeah. Like, it was just... I don't know. It's not even that it was poorly written. It's just that it was poorly executed. Like, Right. And why did we need that? We don't need them to break up. Like, we did I, this already. I, I don't know if it's just they really can't think of a good story to give Will. Because, <laughs> I mean, he's had nothing. I mean, think of what has what's Will's story has he had in the past two years. The Spanish teacher. <laughs> I'm a shitty Spanish teacher. Yeah. The less said about that, the better. Yeah. Uh, there's, so I don't know why this had to happen. If it was Will leaving for a longer period of time, maybe it would make sense. If it was, I have to leave the day of the wedding, it would be a stupid story, but at least, okay, there'd be some stakes in it. But instead it's, yeah, I have to go away for a few months. I actually liked 
Emma here. I like that Emma was like, well, I have a life. Like, don't think I'm just going to come to a city that I don't know anyone in and don't have anything to do in and just hang around because you're doing stuff there. Like, no, I'm I'm a guidance counselor. I love my job. I This is my town. So I like that aspect of making her character seem strong and everything else. But it was just stupid. Yeah, it was. It was just dumb. Like, yeah. why did... I don't know why did he get so angry that she didn't want to go, and why did mm-hmm. she get so angry that he was angry that she didn't want to go? I don't know. Right. It, it was ridiculous. This is kind of stupid, yeah. Um, so moving on to the other stupid story. Yeah. Kitty, Jake, left behind club. Uh, Jake breaks up with Kitty because, wait, we needed them to even be together? I don't know. Uh, but we find out Jake is poor because he's very willing to tell his whole life story to Marley. Um, and he dates Kitty cause it makes him feel good, I guess. And then he doesn't anymore. Yep. That's pretty much it. Yeah. The only thing I liked was I did like the explanation kind of, of why, cause that is an issue I often have with high school movies especially where it is like the nice guy dating the total bitch or vice versa and because i remember this is something that always comes up with cabin fever 2 which is a shitty movie but does have a really good scene where like the nice guy says to this beautiful girl i don't understand why you're dating this awful human being when i'm right here Mm -hmm. and so i do like that acknowledgement but i just also don't care about these characters so i really didn't care yeah, pretty much. And I just hated, like, Kitty's whole, uh, her all her diatribes this episode. They were episode. just so not clever. Obama's yeah. gonna lose. That's the best you can do, Ryan Murphy? Come on. Yeah. And, like, I, I, I like segueing into uh, Santana and Brittany, I guess. Mm-hmm. I like the idea that Brittany was like, oh, I'm gonna join this Left Behind Club because right. I was left behind That's and left. I don't understand what it is. But I hated the whole Left Behind Club scene. Yeah. And I mean, you have to understand, I love the Left Behind movies because they're hilarious. And I think there are great jokes to be made about them. But you don't make a joke about them by basically just saying you're making a joke about them, which is, of course, what Glee did. It's you're left behind. Kirk Cameron said so. Okay, there's, you know, come on, you can be more clever about these things. And so it was just frustrating. It was just such a with an easy one joke that had no complexity to it and was just kind of a waste of time in my yep. opinion. Nope, but yeah, I agree. So, yeah. So moving on to Santana and Brady. Um, so Santana really likes college. She wants to stay there. Um, but in essence, she smiled at some other girls. So she feels like she has to break up with Brittany. <laughs> now. Yeah, pretty much. I, like, yeah, I, I, I get it. I totally get it. Cause like I, I, you know, I had a boyfriend senior high school and I was pretty much just like, oh yeah. Like I was very much aware and under the impression that we were just dating for senior year. And at the end of the summer, we would break up because we were both going to college, but we, I did it before we left. Like, yeah. like why, why did Santana think that it I was going to be okay? I, I mean, I, I didn't go through that, but I remember my roommate, one of my roommates did freshman year and it was kind of hilarious because that, I remember the first week of college, her, you know, pictures of him everywhere and she would call him every other day. And it was, he would, he came to visit, like they rotated visits and it was really annoying because then you couldn't go in your bedroom, but it was very much like the first, maybe like 
three weeks, it was just obnoxious. But then three weeks, one day, she got drunk at a party and kind of like, you know, was making out with a guy. And then all of a sudden the next day it was like, I don't know what I'm doing. Maybe this is wrong. And then two days later had broken up with, you know, the man she thought she was going to marry. And so, you know, and I can understand when you first get to college, especially when you're a freshman girl, it, it is. It's a whole world open that you're not used to. And so I I get the whole I'm in college now and, you know, realized I might not be able to help myself or I might feel really, you know, I'm going to want to do something and I won't. And that will be even worse, maybe. So I get it. It's just a little, I think, much that every couple that was long distance had to break up. This yeah. Episode. yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I like I do understand the reasoning behind each mm-hmm. one. And I'm fine with like a clean slate, if you will. Um, although as I'm saying that, it's like, okay, why? So now you're going to put Brittany and Sam together probably. And we still don't know what's going to happen with Santana, but it, it also kind of feels like they're doing a clean slate just so that they can rearrange people. Mm-hmm. Pretty Which, much. You know, I don't know. I've had a lot of already. Um, I feel like I think the only one, like, I, I was fine with Santana and Brittany. I was mm-hmm. fine. Obviously, I was fine with Federico, thank God. Um, <laughs> we'll <get there. laughs> I guess the the only one that I found, like, like I found both of those believable, I guess, is mm-hmm. my point. Do you want to sure. talk about Rachel and Finn, and then I'll continue my thought? Yeah, I think it's a good idea. So, okay. Finn and Rachel, um, Finn shows up. They He continues to not know what he wants to do in life and freaks out. Rachel admits that she kissed Brody. Finn leaves. Because it's what you do. Uh, Rachel, who apparently has frequent flyer miles, uh, yeah. flies to Lima. Apparently everybody on the show does, which is very impressive. She flies to Lima to confront Finn, at which point they have, well, I'm going to say they have an actually pretty good scene. I should rephrase that. Rachel slash Leia Michelle has a really strong scene. She does. Finn slash dude who plays Finn. Corey Monty. <laughs> Um, just stands there. Forms the way I would expect Mookie to perform if he were <laughs> cast in this role. Yeah. Including my favorite line delivery ever, which is, um, wait, where did I write it? I know I wrote it down. I don't have a job. I don't have my girl. I don't have a place in this world. A, what 18-year-old says that? B, what 18-year-old says it like that? Yeah. And, yeah, yeah it was just bad. And if we hadn't already done the Karofsky suicide storyline, I would think that's where they were going. Although, right, but but also because we've seen the previews for for the next couple of episodes, I think we know where they are going. Yeah, which is very different. Yeah, I don't know. It was just I forgot about the preview because when I rewatched it, I rewatched it online and I didn't see the preview. But um, yeah. It was, I mean, I the, yeah, it's what's, one thing that bothered me is like when he says like I barely graduated high school. Wait, really? We didn't have we never had any notion that Finn was an awful student in the three years he was a student at McKinley. And I can understand, like, it must be a really shitty thing to be 18 and not be in college and not have a job and get, you know, dismissed from the army. And then even your girlfriend breaks up with you. I understand. It must really suck to be Finn right now. But it didn't have to suck. Because if, you know, like any human being, he would have applied to more than one college. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But I did like, I liked Rachel's reaction. Like, yeah, me too. I was mad at you. You disappeared. Like, that, right. like I tried to get over it, but I can't. So yeah. And, and I also really, 
like I, I thought even it was just so strange because I thought like the her performance and her lines were really good. And then yep. you go to Finn and it's just wood. And he's wood. just standing there with his mouth open. Yeah. And like even like when she had the thing of like, you know, I respected you for doing what you did. I thought that's what a man does. A man lets, you know, let lets me go if that's what was right for it. But then you ran away. Like it was such a good scene if you just took her part in it. Yep. Yeah. And then, but then you had Finn, so that was it. Um, What are we going to do about him? Yeah. And so last, but not least by any means. Kurt and Blaine. Indeed. So I was fine with them breaking them up. Because I get it. Like, it's hard. It's long distance. You're in high school. He's in college. Like, like I said, I understood the Britney Santana line. Mm-hmm. My problem was I don't believe that Blaine cheated on Kurt. He, uh, it, it was a really weird choice. That is not the Blaine Anderson that we know. I feel like the you know it's it's very baffling a choice, and I'm thinking from a few things. Maybe Murphy Brian Murphy thought. The only way he could break these two up, because we know how strong their love is, is if one of them cheated. Maybe that's one thing. But even that being so, and the idea that, well, but we don't really want to see Blaine cheat because, I mean, it's Blaine and we don't want to see that. So let's just have a text message and we won't know what actually happened. Except as a result, you got the reaction that you had, which is, I don't believe that you would have done that. No, I don't believe it at all. (laughs) And I think that had Glee been smart, which we know they are not, it, I think it would have been more convincing if the roles were swapped. If Blaine had been a senior and moved to New York City, and I would have believed that he would have roomed with Rachel completely. Mm-hmm. And Kurt was still at home and insecure. Like, you, you know, we've seen yep. Kurt be insecure. We've yeah. rarely seen Blaine be insecure. So it would have made more sense to me if... Kurt had been the one back home that, and we've seen Kurt almost cheat before. Right. We've seen him flirt with, with someone yeah, else and yeah. get attention from someone else. And I, and I think it would have been like a sweeter moment if Kurt had been the one to sing teenage dream to Blaine. Mm-hmm. I could say that. So I think that would have been the better choice and that's what they should have done. And they should go back in time and rewrite it. Yeah. I, I yeah, it just was, I understand why it had to happen, but you're right. The execution of it was unbelievable for the character. Now, completely. Yep. All right. So, should we move on to songs? Sure. All right. I the Blaine Finn song. Um, it is "Barely Breathing" by Duncan Cheek. Okay. Oh, Duncan Cheek, who is um was the songwriter for "Spring Awakening" for all the songs in that. Oh yes. Which Blaine Michelle and Donovan Graff started. Interesting. Uh, I liked the choreography behind Finn. That was my only note. Oh, I, I like the, again, I like kind of the movement of it, that it was in a couple of locations, that it was while Rachel was was at Niata. It was just, you know, it worked for me as a song. I don't remember the song itself, but I liked the staging of it, I guess. Um, I liked the, you know, the fantasy aspect of it and that it was a, cr- a split across Lima and New York. Yeah. Um, <coughs> stray observation. They're really utilizing that split screen this year. This episode. Oh yes. It was very Brian De Palma. It's like they learned how to do it and got really excited about it. And now we're doing it all the time. I'm waiting for star whips. 
Yeah. Well, well this, we did. did they do it in the Britney Star Wipes? No, the oh god, I wish. Oh, um, Star Wipes were in the Christmas thing. episode. I remember, and it was also in the the Run Joey Run. Yes, it was. Um, but in this case, was it the what you called the? Oh, uh, I forgot what we were talking about. Switch screens. Oh, the Britney episode. I'm just curious because it was the same director. So if it was, oh, was it? I don't remember. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So that's it. Was it was fine. It was interesting yeah. to have a, a Blaine Finn number. Yeah, I like that aspect too. Uh, next song is Give Your Heart a Break by Demi oh, Lovato. Oh, I got it right. Sweet. You did. Yeah. Um, are you familiar with the original song? No, not at all. No, me neither. I thought it, but it, like when I checked it on Wikipedia, usually it'll say if it's a duet, it, it would say Demi Lovato and so, and it only says Demi Lovato. So I got, I was very bewildered by the line that Rachel had. Oh, it works better as a duet. Well, I guess I guess no. that's the, the original song doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, it's like um, no, it's not a duet though. Yeah. So, yeah, but it was it was fine. It was just karaoke and yeah. The first time I heard it, I was I was a little let down by Brody's voice. I guess. Um, second time it sounded fine. I thought Leia Michelle sounded really good on it. I mean, obviously she always sounds good, yeah. but I just thought this was a really good song for her. Because I know some people say she, I, Wayne is one of them, I think, yeah. that she, she doesn't kind have of, a pop voice. Right. And that when she tries, it doesn't work. And I think sometimes that's true. But I thought in this case, I thought she sounded really good. Yeah, it was good. Um, on to a very intense song. Oh, it was so sad. It's really hard to watch. And then the second time around, when you knew why he was singing, it was really hard. Yeah, it was, it was super sad. But yeah. Kudos to Darren Chris because mm-hmm. it was probably like besides it was probably better than Rachel's acting scene. So yeah, it's a, yeah, it was the best. I would say scene. easily so far, hands down, this was my favorite musical performance of this season so far. Yeah, because uh, it was just you know Glee kind of trusting its performer to just do his thing, to so just keep the camera on Blaine, show how uncomfortable everybody else is, but just let Blaine do his thing. We don't need split screens, and it was just intense and. You know, even when you didn't know what it meant, it made you feel very uncomfortable. Yes. Yeah. And my my DVR did a weird thing where it kept like, because it did this on a couple of other shows, it keeps like cutting things a little bit. And so it made it like it, I, unless this was the way the song went, it made it sound a couple of times like Blaine messed up the words. And oh. then like would, but it was just the, like the DVR was just like cutting it weird. It just kind of skipping, I guess, mm-hmm. um, which made it even more intense. As a result. Okay. Yeah. All right. Next Next. one. I knew this one because it was no doubt when we were in like eighth grade. So it was like the song of 1994. (laughs) Don't speak. It's actually my least favorite No Doubt song because it was so overplayed that year. It really was. And I love No Doubt. So, Mm -hmm. Um, but I actually think this, this is like one of the few cases this season where Glee did a really good job picking a song. I agree. Because it like everything that was sung by particular characters made yep. perfect sense. Yep. Like the lyrics fit the moment perfectly. It like they couldn't like it was an actual musical moment mm-hmm. because it was kind of a conversation and it wasn't a performance. Mm-hmm. So I liked it. It was good. Yeah, I'm always a fan of quartets. Okay. <laughs> I just, I even like in Broadway musicals, whenever there's that like one song where it's four people singing, I just really love those moments. I don't know why. Uh, so that worked for me. Um, hey, people, if you like split screens, this was the episode for you. Yes, yes, it was. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, uh, next is mine by Taylor Swift. Oh, okay, I didn't. I didn't know this. Um, oddly enough, I have nothing written down. I <laughs> really don't remember it at all. It's oh, with it's Santana, Santana and Britney. Song. To Britney. It was nice. I'd never heard the song before, so I had no familiarity with it. But I thought Santana sounded good. It was again like a nice, um, not overdone song. And I I think the, the songs this episode were were well chosen and were well executed. I I liked that they had a lot of trust, for, at least for the first couple songs, of just okay, Santana, just sing to Britney, just do it. Okay, great. That's all we need. Yeah. And it, it worked because you know Santana worked and. You knew there was, whether you knew what was going to happen in that scene, you knew there was enough weight within the two characters that it, it worked for me. Um, I think they could have just picked a better song. Like, I don't think the lyrics fit the moment as well as they wanted it to. Okay. Because it was like, I, like I'm like i happy to call you mine, and then she broke up with her. Yeah, yeah. That, it did so surprise like, me. Because when she broke up with her, I was like, oh, wait, so why did you yeah. sing a song about how great she was? <laughs> yeah, it was... That was an odd choice for me, mm-hmm. especially coming after a song that fit this the moment so well that it <laughs> it just seemed off. I can see that. And then last we have apparently it's not called Running in Circles. No, no, it's not. It's called The Scientist. What's up and, with that? Why and is it it's called by the it's by Coldplay. Why is it called The Scientist? I don't know. You know, some people. I don't know. I I really strongly dislike Coldplay. So even though I'm like the only person on earth, but I really don't like Coldplay. I think all their songs are so boring, as evidenced by my notes that all it says next to the song is snore. (laughs) Um, I've liked covers of Coldplay. I don't know that I've ever liked a Coldplay song, but I like when people cover them generally. Um, It was I was glad that Emma got to sing again. Yeah, that made me happy. Uh, I thought it was really funny that Tina, like, and Mike didn't get to do this. <laughs> True. Why True story. They? I mean, they broke up too, but it's because they're Asian. Yeah. Like that. Like the more I thought about that, the funnier that was to me. That like, hey guys, they were the first long distance couple to call it quits. Maybe Mike wasn't available for filming. Yeah, I bet. I bet. Even though he's coming back soon, they could have yeah. split screen him in. <laughs> should have split screen him in. That would have been great. <laughs> Okay. Um, yeah, I I didn't even watch this the second time through because I was like, ugh. Well, because then you had the really literal "I'm going back to the start" as they would show uh, flashbacks of everybody at the start of their relationship. Yep, that was a, a tad literal, uh, but it sounded pretty to me. I think the staging was a little bit over dramatic, if you will. Although it's you know it's high school and blah 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 blah. Um, but I thought as a vocally, I thought it sounded fun. Yeah, I can't disagree with that. I just find Coldplay songs really boring. Gotcha. Much to my my boyfriend's dismay. Oh, well. We, if we agreed with everything our lovers liked, then we would have boring relationships. Yep. Pretty Indeed. much. As long as it's not long distance, Erica. Just don't move. Thank God, I, w- I won't. Because otherwise, I don't see you and Mike lasting. Patch Hog is long enough distance for me. Okay. Alrighty, <coughs> high notes. Um, uh, I like that Finn thought, a, <laughs> like, he made, it was a joke, but I think it was actually the best idea he ever had to run a hot, hot dog cart outside of Madison Square Garden. <laughs> it, it would be a pretty good idea. I think that's a good job you know, for a lot him. of tourists, you know, you can overcharge really well there. I think you try do. buying a pretzel in that area. It's like five bucks. Yeah, he'd do really well at that. Oh, can I tell a brief story that you'll appreciate? Of course. And anyone else who has ever had a New York City 
street pretzel will appreciate. Mm-hmm. Um, so they sell hot pretzels. Hot, I use the term hot loosely uh, from like hot dog <laughs> you carts. You sexy. Yeah, exactly. Um, from hot dog carts on street corners in Manhattan. And the way these people who sell them keep them warm is over charcoal. So you can imagine that the result is not very tasty because they're bread sitting over hot charcoal for hours and hours and hours all day. That is why one must always request mustard. Right. I don't like mustard, though. So... So, so my point is that although it's a soft, hot pretzel, which most people would get very excited about, they're not very good. And you don't buy them from the street vendors unless you like mustard, like Emily, because they don't taste good. So we went to a big concert in Central Park a couple weeks ago. And as we were walking into Central Park, this girl is yelling at her friend. He basically just stole three dollars from me. <laughs> and she's screaming at her friend and her friend is like, Okay, well, it was just three dollars. Like, can we please forget it? It's not a bad price for a pretzel in New York. Yeah. She was like, Can we please forget it now and have a good time? And I didn't hear the whole beginning of the story, but then one of the one of my friends that I was with related to me. Apparently the girl had purchased a street pretzel and then <laughs> complained to the vendor about how bad it was and wanted her money back after she already took a bite out of it. <laughs> Like, hello, tourist. Aw, that's adorable. Like, you do not buy pretzels from... Yeah, there's no refund policy on New York street food. (laughs) Yeah, that's why we call the hot dog... Like, you call them dirty water hot dogs. Like, no, you don't buy food from them unless you're really wasted. Was she wearing a scrunchie? And did she have a southern accent? (laughs) I don't remember. But it was really funny because she was screaming about how he stole her $3 because she gave them that. He might have well just have raped her. Seriously. Um, Wait, so that was your high note. (laughs) My hot hot dogs were my high note. Pretzels were my high note. Yeah. (laughs) I really liked um, how we got dismissed from the army, the gunshot to the thigh. I thought that was just perfectly funny. Um. I really like the choices that they made with Brody this episode, actually, because it it could have turned into this whole tense, like, like the way Finn was acting, it could have gone both ways. Right. Like one upping each other. Right. Or, yeah. And I like that they chose to give Brody the high road and just have him be a nice guy. Like, yeah, I agree. So I agree with that. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, and I, I like the little throwaway line that Joan Didion has the best gossip. <laughs> That made me laugh. Um, <coughs> I enjoyed uh, blah blah blah. Um, oh, that there, that there was a Gilbert Grape reference, even though it was used incorrectly. Wait, it was used incorrectly because Kitty's like, she's like your Gilbert. She's basically like your Gilbert Grape-looking mom. Like she's saying that her mom looks like Gilbert Grape, which she doesn't because the mother. Right, but isn't that just a fat joke? Yeah, it's a fat joke, but Gilbert like. Gilbert Great himself was not the fat person. It was his mother. But didn't, wasn't the joke like your Gilbert Great mom? Yes. But as in like Gilbert Great mom being the description. Gilbert Grape's mom. It should have been like. No, but it, I don't. It was that, know. the way she used it was, it was not correct. It was, it was basically implying that her mother looked like Gilbert Grape. Not, not that her mother looked like Gilbert Grape's mom. Imagine if her mother looked like Gilbert Grape. That'd be weird. 
<laughs> you look like Johnny. She looked like Johnny she Depp. Look like girl Johnny Depp. I mean, Johnny Depp is actually a very like um, androgynous looking man. But if it was like this woman who worked in the cafeteria at McKinley High who happened to look like Gilbert Grape. That'd be really weird. It would be. But anyway, <laughs> I enjoy the the fact that they reference Gilbert Grape, even though it was not, to me, it was not. Okay, I just don't remember the exact wording, so you might be right about it. I I thought it. I thought I got the joke, but correctly. But maybe um maybe you you listen more particularly than I did. Um, other high notes. I guess I just I like the songs overall. They work for me. Okay. And I just like that Rachel called Finn out for not being a man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, do you have any other high notes? Nope. All right, low notes. Um, the, the fact that Rachel's so deluded she really believes that Kurt couldn't get into Niata, but Finn can. <laughs> yeah, I just didn't even, I was like, that's not even going to be a thing, right? Like, no, we're not, we're just going to ignore that comment. Yeah. Um, the... Oh, Jake's Jake's sitting down next to Marley being like, oh, you have the chips for lunch. So do I, because I'm poor. My mother used to be a real estate agent, and now she's a waitress. Like, it just felt like, okay, do you want to give me your social security number while you're at it? <laughs> That's funny. Um, oh, and is the, here, this one may not be a low note. You have to help me with it. Are okay. you familiar with the Broadway version of Grease? Um. So Yes, yes, I am. What I came? Know. What came first? Oh, good question. Um, well, okay. I guess my question is: in the Broadway play, does uh, what's her name Rizzo have unprotected sex and think she's pregnant? Good question, and I don't know because um, they're like. Just, well, I'm sure they'll base it on the movie anyway because that's what they do in Angli. But they're I, like, well, I we, think the song is in there. I think there are worse things I can do is in the musical. I think. Um, I, well, anyway, my point is that Will was like, well, we need something that won't cause a disturbance, like like Rocky Horror did, and then they pick Grease, which is super inappropriate. Like I remember watching that as a kid and like just not understanding it, and then watching right. it again as like a teenager and being like, I can't believe my parents let me watch this. Like there are so many in like the condom breaks in that scene. Like I didn't understand right. that when I was a kid. I didn't know what was happening, but it was so inappropriate. I was just like, oh my goodness. I don't know. I don't think I don't think she gets pregnant. Or I mean thinks she gets pregnant rather. Spoiler alert to the movie. Uh okay. Yahoo.com is very useless because the difference is Frenchie doesn't have red hair. Oh, well. Um, Let's see. And it's not red, it's pink. Right. I actually don't think that she is pregnant in the musical. I think the musical is, because the musical is performed generally in high school. In high school, yeah. I don't think the pregnancy plot line is in there. Zombies are five, blah, 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 blah. Sporting guest is different. That's not helping me. Okay, let's, I don't, let's just look up pregnant. Oh, damn you. Is Rizzo pregnant in stage Greece? Let's see. Uh, okay, okay. Wikipedia. When in doubt, Wikipedia. God, how many people in this world grow up saying that? <laughs> okay, we've got. I still think they should do Greece too. This is. Oh no, Rizzo is worried that she is pregnant, but she is so mad. 
musical songs, some of the rebels, some of the characters. Uh, sorry, people, I know this is riveting, but now it's really bothering me. Oh, a school version. In order to make original musical theater suitable for young performers and audience, Jim Jacobs decided to write a school version of the musical. It eliminates the references to cigarettes and alcohol, as well as any swearing or bad language. In other words, it's really square. Uh, a lot of the songs have gone changes. Some plot lines are missing, including Rizzo's pregnancy. And her song, There Worst Things I Can Do, which is a shame. It's an awesome song. Yeah. Um, I mean, even Greased Lightning is like a dirty song. Right. Exactly. But yeah, I was just incredibly amused by that. Yeah, it seems like there are, um, there is a school version of it, so I don't know. Which I doubt they're using anyway, but. Well, because I, yeah, we'll see. I mean, they probably won't, but yet at the same time, they'll change the lyrics so that they don't say words like transsexual, because apparently yes. that's not. Super, super offensive. Like, we can't say that, but, you know, they can have a teacher in a speedo, so who knows. Um, okay, other low notes. Oh, the the British. It's more of that erratic character consistency because now you have Brittany saying, "Well, your mom gave you money. Why don't you go to New York and everything?" And then wait, Brittany, no, but you were also the one who got Santana the scholarship. <laughs> Remember, like Brittany is the reason Santana got to college on a cheerleading scholarship. Yeah, but you know, whatever. Exactly. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think that was on my little notes. And, and just the whole Blaine thing. I don't believe that Blaine would have cheated. And, like, let's see the dude he cheated with also. Yeah. Seriously. Uh, yeah. Eli. Uh, Eli C. Ever you are, Eli. Most hated man in the Gleeverse. Um, other low notes I had was just, like, the, the simplicity of the Kitty dialogue. Um... Finn Finn's performance, <laughs> especially in the scene where Rachel is awesome and he's Finn, and my realization that uh, Marley and Jake are kind of like Nikki and Paolo from Lost. <laughs> no one cares. So no one cares. Like so, so they'll, they'll shortly kill them off. Yeah, the writers really thought that you know the audience wanted to see this side because Nikki and Paolo were put into the show. If you were a Lost fan were added to the show because it was the writer's way of like addressing all the people who were wondering about all those other characters in the background. Nikki and Paolo were supposed to be the answer to that. But then it turns out they sucked. <laughs> and that's kind of what Jake and Marley are. They're like, oh, let's see what somebody new in the Glee Club would do. Except I really don't care because they're boring. Show me the rest of the cast. That's what I want to watch. So hopefully they will both get bit by spiders and paralyzed and buried alive. Hopefully. We can dream. Uh, my only spare observation, where are these kids getting the money to fly back and forth between New York and Ohio? They are independently wealthy. It's not cheap, right? No. I'm like, we've flown to Ohio. It's like, I've never flown for less than 200 bucks. Yep. Uh, I mean, I guess we do know, I mean, Blaine used to go to, to private school, so we can assume Blaine has a fair deal of money. Yeah. His family must be wealthy enough to be affording spending money on his tuition uh and rachel we've seen you know her dads are pretty well off so i guess they gave her them spending money for that i guess no yeah. uh okay and so do we oh hat watch oh three three we, uh, had we had marley i know a marley a tina and an emma oh, wait was the emma the one in the flashback 
it was in the um in the song. Right, it was the wait the flashback hat. That was when her and Will kissed in the hallway. That was a flashback. It was still a hat in the episode. No, I'm not arguing the hat. I'm just you know just interesting that it was a flashback hat. Honestly, I just sort of fast forwarded through it and I was like, oh look a hat, and I I don't remember when exactly it was. I see. Uh, should we move on to feedback? We shall. Okay, let me pull it up. Okay, uh, do you want to start with Brienne? Uh, do you want to start with Beth so then I'll do Brienne and then you'll do Wayne? We can do it that way. Season four, episode four, feedback breakup. Hello, Emily. Oh, wait, where'd it go? There we go. Oops, there we go. Uh, hello, Emily and Erica. I'm slightly thrilled, or is it shield, to be writing my first feedback of the season whilst wearing a sweater jacket thingy. And it is not your grandma's sweater jacket thingy. There are no cute little animals on it or weird geometric designs. It's actually trendy with overlay, overly long sleeves with interesting gathered points near the cuffs. Mine are ruffling down the sides. No buttons. Its length past, goes past the hips. And more importantly, it is black. It is so not me. The minute I saw it, I knew I had to have it. Price be damned. Oh, my God. Beth has woken up and entered the fashion world. Well, if there's a rapture and I get to go, this sweater jacket thingy is coming with me. Otherwise, I'm staying behind with Dottie. Um... Beth would actually fit in. Maybe she has the New York Rachel makeover. Have you noticed that Rachel only wears black now? Yes. I guess it's to show that she is a New Yorker. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's what all New Yorkers wear. Yeah, pretty much. Beth continues. I thought I would go on a different route this week for writing feedback. Usually I sit at mainframe computer station with one monitor playing Glee on Hulu, complete with subtitles so I can understand Brittany, and another monitor is used for writing. As I have discovered word on my computer, who knew, I no longer write directly through email. I set up my laptop next to me so I can look up anything I don't understand or have, re- or have reason to question. I complete this crazy setup with my beloved iPod, which has led me to purchase some non-Glee Glee songs. A good example, I now have four Ace of Base songs in my playlist. <laughs> Thanks to Brody bringing them up in the makeover episode. Remember Ace of Base? Oh, I saw Pitch Perfect. Oh my god, I I didn't know you did see that. I was going to ask you. I only went last night. It was oh. really fun. Was it really fun? There was a lot of Ace of Base. That's what made me think of it. <laughs> I like how you're like biting your tooth telling me about the Ace of Base. <laughs> We really wanted to see Pitch Perfect and do a review of it, but our timing has been crazy because we're in a long-distance relationship. Yes, we are. You should find a... I mean, you don't need to see it in the theater. Uh, Yeah, I I mean, I would only see in the theater if I was going, like, with you, with Jay. Like, where, you know, it would be, like, a thing to go to, but I will probably end up just having to wait. Unless, well, when I move and we have a... uh, an uh, an Emily is in a big person apartment, um, then we can have a Pitch Perfect party. (gasps) A Pitch Perfect pizza party! We, we could. I was trying. I was trying to say that on Friday at the train, you should look for the lady with the movies. I may try that too. She may have been. Actually, I learned a secret, which is um, McDonald's. Oh. Uh, I sat in McDonald's a couple times over the weekend, just due to apartment meeting with people to talk about apartments. And in the course, I think there was four people that walked by, um, two and two, two in the morning and two at night. Uh, offering to sell movies. So apparently, if you want bootlegs, I now know McDonald's in Inwood. There you go. Good to know. It is good to know. Beth continues. So instead of going frame by frame from this episode and making comments about things that caught my fancy, I thought I would write about each couple and their status. Well, my perceived status of them. Glee is very open to interpretation. I'll start with the safe couples, because we didn't see them. I am assuming Figgins and his wife, Bert and Carol, and Sugar and Artie are safe for now. The definitely dead couples, well, not really dead or maybe dead, as we haven't seen some of them lately, and we know one of them was holding a knife. Beast and Cooter. Oh, yeah. It looks like we get more beasts soon, which makes me happy. Uh, Sam and Mercedes. 
Nah, I don't think so. Uh, Mike and Tina, no, we know that they're over. Joe and Quinn, a relationship so dead that it should never have been suggested in the first place, and any male character paired with Sue. <laughs> oh, she said these were the, the dead cu- couples. I misread that. Possibly dead couples, or at least I hope so. Puck and Quinn. Infamous non-couple. Faberi. No couple, just dead. Rory. His wee little gravestone sits next to Ken, Carl, and the now open and empty grave of Sam. May they all rest in peace. Okay, on to the couples that broke up. I know this is a little odd, but I think I shall work with the most important couples first and work down to lesser couples. Just kidding. I'm starting with the lesser couples first. Kitty and Jake, were you all as heartbroken by as me by the demise of this beautiful couple? It was horrible to watch. Jake, you cruel ass, dumping her in the hallway for all to hear like she was nothing. Did we not learn anything from Finn's outing of Santana in the hallway last year? There are spies listening everywhere. And for what? Nondescript Marley? I can't even pick out Marley in a crowd if she isn't wearing a hat. <laughs> Don't worry, she's always wearing a hat. Status, broken beyond repair. Who was right or wrong in this breakup? Who cares? Kiss after the breakup fight? No kiss. My personal hope for this couple. Kitty makes good on her threat and brings in her Remington model 700 BTR 308 bolt action rifle and takes out Jake, Marley, and for good measure, Wade, a.k.a. Unique. She then takes herself out after giving a passionate speech about her hopes and dreams of a 17th Left Behind novel. I am totally on board for that. What will most likely happen, or Beth makes an educated guess, Jake will hook up with Marley, no brainer there, while Kitty, ever the conniving bitch, tries to break them up by using pointless romantic triangle trope. Will and Emma, aka Emma. I am rooting for Emma. You go, girl. She showed some spunk in this episode. I wondered if Will wanted her to come along because she did he didn't want to leave her alone in his newly downsized apartment. Sacrifices had to be made for New York sets, and part of Will's apartment have disappeared. I fear we will never see that gorgeous white tub ever again. No doubt there are more hidden boxes of goodies Will has stashed around the place and doesn't want Emma to find them. Status, they didn't break up. Who was right or wrong in this breakup? There was no real breakup. Kiss after the breakup slash fight? No kiss. My personal hope for this couple. I'd like to see Emma clean Will. Pour a little liquid draino down his throat, give him a bleach enema, and scrub his body down with some lye. This is why we need the gorgeous bathtub to reappear. Emma needs a nice, clean workspace. Then Emma could go on to become a superhero modeled on a Dextra-type character and wipe out messy and unnecessary choir members. First on our list, Joe and his dreads. What a great fanfic crossover this would make. True, but he's kind of starting, Joe's starting to grow on me. A little bit. A little bit. What will most likely happen, or Beth makes an educated guess, they will get back to living together, pick a final wedding date, and get married. I do ask for one little thing. Could they take a job bringing modern music to the Amazon jungle where Emma goes insane trying to keep the dirt floor of her hut clean? It would make me really happy. (laughs) Finn and Rachel, a.k.a. Finchel. I never bought Finchel as a healthy couple. I realize they are the leads and the... End gaming, end game couple of the show. But for three seasons, I watched them get together and break up ad nauseum. I absolutely loved watching Rachel taking down Finn in their last scene together. Status, broken up for now. Kiss after the breakup, slash fight, kiss. Who was right or wrong this week? Finn had sent Rachel free and then neglected to stay in touch with her. He is clearly in the wrong. Agreed. Rachel's kissing Brody was not cheating, a word tossed around glee a lot. Rachel tried to stay in contact with Finn through multiple sources, phone, text, Kurt, and was unsuccessful. What's a girl to do? Turn into Miss Havisham and pine her life away? This isn't a Dickensian novel where a woman's self-worth is measured in her ability to get a man. Finn pretty much left Rachel at the altar, and there was no reason for her to stay trapped in her wedding gown for the rest of her life. Move on, girl. Make a few mistakes and learn from them. My personal hope? Rachel will date Brody and discover he is not the nice guy he appears to be. The real truth will come forward. Brody thrives on seducing new girls to look like Zoe from New Girl. And she will hurt Rachel once he moves on to the next ingenue. Rachel considers going back to her safety net in Finn, but Kurt, in a very loving and girlfriend way, talks her out of it, while encouraging her to be her own woman who does not let a man make her complete. 
for fun, we could have Quinn make a surprise visit right afterwards and not show any of it, only because I have a cruel streak. Perfect place for another six to eight week hiatus. As for Finn, well, we love Finn. I sort of miss Big Lug. I can't believe I actually wrote that. I can think of some fun things for him. Let's consider some odd pairings. Finn and Tina, Finn and Becky, Finn and the winner of the Glee Project. Wouldn't that be an interesting twist? What will most likely happen? Finn show will be back to meeting a couple again at the end of the show's run. Moving on. Brittany and Santana, a.k.a. Britannia. Of all the breakups depicted, I found Britannia to be the most honest. For a relationship that started out as a joke and then took on life of its own, I found the reason for the breakup scene to be the most realistically based scenario of the four serious couples. A side note, Jake and Kitty breakup was very realistic of their situation. I will give the writers credit for not making a big deal of it. Status, broken up for now. Kiss after the breakup? Kiss. Who was right or wrong? Neither. Nobody was wrong. It was amicable. My personal hope for this couple, I would like to see Santana in a mature, like-minded relationship with another woman. For Brittany, I would like to see her in non-relationships with Sam and Blaine. Sam mentally gets Brittany. Blaine needs friends, and I like their little scenes together. What will most likely happen? Santana will stay in the show, or Beth makes a guess. Santana will stay in the show by moving to New York and living with Kurt and Rachel. She will find a long-term girlfriend there. Brittany will return to one-liners at the back of the classroom while dating someone, most likely Sam or the winner of the Glee Project. Side note, Heather Morrison displayed some nice acting skills in her diction, and her diction was much better this episode. Her singing on The Scientist was actually very good. Curtin and Blaine, a.k.a. Clean. Wow, where do I begin? Curt and Blaine have been guilty for some time of talking at each other and not to each other. Curt may claim to talk to Blaine all the time, but it seems he doesn't listen. Blaine may be more attentive to Kurt, but his downfall lies in his need to seek out approval from everybody he meets. This couple, this is a couple who's been in trouble for some time. Both suffer from being clueless. Status. Well, Blaine doesn't know if they're breaking up, and while Kurt threw away Blaine's card, he didn't throw away the flowers. I did not get the vibe that Blaine and Kurt were completely broken up. Going back to Kurt, while he did throw away Blaine's cute homemade forgive me card, I got the feeling it was a passive gesture to hurt Blaine by rejecting him without really facing him. It may have felt good for the moment, but I wouldn't be at all surprised to have the card resurface later as we find Kurt went back and dug it out of the trash can. Who was right or wrong? Blaine cheated on Kurt. That's a big one, especially since Kurt has benefited from having a loving father who told him not to throw himself around. Blaine received no such advice. But, 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 you cry. Kurt was ignoring him. Really? Excuse me. Maybe the corporate world has changed significantly with the advent of cell phones, but where my husband works, taking and receiving personal phone calls is a big no-no during work hours. Unless, of course, one of three things has happened. Birth, death, or your livestock got loose. I am in Texas. And since I don't see people at other jobs, such as waitressing or cashiering, talking on their phones to, fr to friends too often, I suspect this pretty much is still a standard rule everywhere. But, 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 you cry. Kurt took a gossip call overhearing Blaine telling him he loved him. Kurt may call it gossiping, but you and I know it's a real name for the corporate world. It's called finding the advantage to getting ahead of network. I should really stop to justify things. Both boys could have used a little help from setting boundaries or phone calling time. But Black, back to Billane's cheating with Eli C. Whose name, if you rearrange letters, spelled lice. Finally, a chance for me to write a deadliest catch glee crossover. In this fanfic, Blaine comes down with a nasty case of crabs. I am so warped. It completely crapped me, cracked me up when I saw comments that this was so out of character for OOC for Blaine. Seriously? Are we watching the same show? Blaine is one attention-seeking, horny little bastard. And while he is lovable, and I do love Blaine so dearly that I would watch the Blaine show, if you look up the word twink, there is a picture of Blaine on the definition page. My favorite description of a twink is inappropriate here, so I will go to my second favorite. A twink is, a memorable, is memorable for outer packaging, not his inner depth. 
My only surprise with Blaine is that after leaving Dalton, he claims he came to Kurt a virgin. If you have Netflix and want to catch a boarding school movie like Dalton on the Streamline, watch Another Country with a very, very young Rupert Everett. Colin Firth and Carrie Ewell's Elvis, and you will understand my skepticism. Uh, okay, personal story, because we all know I can't resist personal stories. It is no secret that I have a gay son. It is also no secret that there is n- a park in northern Delaware where young and old gay guys come together for casual lunchtime hookups. The same park is where my homeschool group met for park day. We homeschoolers were warned not to let our children wander out the playground area just in case they met up with some of the more notorious park patrons. Somehow or another, I l- always lost my gay kid teen on these outings, and he never fought with me like some of my older teens about attending park day. Hmm. I wonder why. After getting lost, he always found his way back to the playground, and he always had a smile on his face. Ah, those innocent playground days of youth yesteryear, complete without cell phones and Craigslist. Northern Delaware, huh? <laughs> so horny, lonely gay teens like Blaine have random hookups in the social media. In age, and it, So horny gay teens like Blaine having random hookups in this social media age being out of character. Here's a clue. What made Clay unique was not there being a gay teen couple, but being a gay monotonous teen couple. Kids after the breakup slash fight, no kiss and no resolution. Like Wemma, we are left hanging. My personal hope, they each take some time off to explore who they are. I would love to see Kurt date some men in New York area. Kurt should have some conflicts with dates he sees. He sees them in a romantic light, and his dates view Kurt as a hookup. Let's face it, Kurt does not see himself as a twink. Kurt is not in it for casual sex. Most older men are going to see him as fresh meat. So can Kurt date? There is Chase at work. He is a slightly older man. Oh, Chase at work. The dude. Right. He's a slightly older man who can take Kurt under his wing. But Chase's comments during a meeting about using leather as belt as punishment, belt as pleasure, bothers me. The possibility of Kurt getting seriously hurt mentally or physically with someone who spontaneously fits along those lines is real. Plus their ship name, chart, case, curse. Okay, I'll admit, thinking up curse kind of cracked me up for some unknown reason. I would like to see Blaine make a really big hookup and a mistake and have to deal with it. Having a concerned Sam or Finn step in would be a nice touch. Having a concerned Bert step in would be even better. What will most likely happen? Kurt Klein will even... I complain we could write a better story resolution. Okay, oh. hang on. You just cut out for like five full seconds. Ow, crud. So um, start from what will most likely happen. Okay, what will most likely happen... Klain will eventually get back together in a way that is neither satisfying nor fully explained. Claners everywhere will be frustrated. You will hear me and every other claner on the planet complain that we could write a better story resolution. Oh, well. Do I think the kisses after the fight breakup are significant? Maybe. The established two couples who broke up and then kissed seem to be done for good. But this is Glee and Finchel who kissed could be back together and Klain who didn't might not. Who knows? Other moments of the show I really liked. Santana calling out the writers and giving Kurt such great success in his first foray into the real world by landing an impossible position in such a short space of time in a highly competitive business. I actually mulled over this during a production meeting where I was officially made assistant director for the current musical in our theater company, much to the ire of some long-term and degreed associates. I had demonstrated the inane ability to put together an entire sound effect musical store to, pl- to a play in less than four days with no training. As of today's writing, I've been with the company for five weeks. Again, I would like to stress I have no resume or training in theater. I was hired because I was deemed intuitive and a breath of fresh air by the powers that be. I fully expect to see Kurt creating his own line of clothes for next year's collection, just as I expect to start directing soon. The only difference between Kurt and I, Kurt is a made-up TV character, and this is really happening to me. So these things can happen, just saying. That's true. I mean, if you have, yeah, the right drive and such, it'll work. The Rapture. Okay, I am evil and wicked and would most definitely be left behind. 
I also know I will be in great company. I love the way the members laid out the clothes. I've seen other pictures of raptures with clothing in them left behind in a weird and silly ways on Facebook. And for some reason, I think they are among the funniest things I've ever seen. Of course, I think the whole zombie apocalypse is funny, too. I never said I had good taste. I, for one, look forward to seeing what was going to happen with the couples until the hiatus is over. Beth. Thanks, Beth. Yep. Thank you. Um, you know what I forgot to mention, too, in terms of breakup? Do you know who broke up? This is really sad. Who? You already know about Will Arnett and Amy Poehler, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was devastating. Yes. This one's even more devastating. No. A couple that had been together, they, they got married in 1982, the year I was born. They were married for 30 years. They dated 10 years before that. Two adorable people who were clearly made for each other. Rhea Perlman and Danny DeVito. Are you joking? I'm not joking. I wish I was joking, Erica. I so wish I was joking. That is ridiculous. I know. I know. I, I <sighs> like, oh, God. I saw that at work. I was like, you know, it was like my lunch break. And I had, you know, it was just kind of online. And I see that. I'm like, are you? No. God. Oh, geez. No. What are they even going to do? They've already been together for 40 years. Right. They have like nine kids. All of them who are probably like four or five. That's like who who is better for Danny DeVito than Ray Perlman? Who is better for Ray Perlman than Danny DeVito? No one. No one. It's really upsetting. Let's yeah. just move on. I know. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have even brought it up, but I felt <laughs> I just felt like I had to talk about it. I'm not over it. I'm just I'm going to pretend I didn't hear that and read Brianne's feedback. Do it. It's titled Don't Go Break in My Heart. Hello, all. Once again, we all meet up for the latest review of this week's Glee episode. We knew what we were going into this week. It was called The Breakup. So I decided to write down some thought before I started the episode. I know we discussed a lot on the Facebook group, and it was good to read it because it definitely changed my mindset. I was mostly concerned about claim breaking up. But as someone pointed out, that the best show, as someone pointed out, the best shows on TV break up their main characters, and some of the best plot lines come from that. Mm-hmm. I'm a Buffy fanatic, and I was super upset about Willow breaking up with Oz. But what was even more interesting was when she broke up with Tara, and some of the show's most heartbreaking moments for me, anyway, were after that. So I wanted to start this week's episode with that in mind. For Clean, I don't want them to end, but I'd also like to see what Blaine and Kurt would be like as separate entities. Blaine has always been on the show as Kurt's love interest, and I think it might be nice to see him shine in other ways. Fincher was meant to die a long time ago. It was a great storyline for Angst and the build-up to them getting together, but then season three killed it with their constant storylines that meant nothing. Again, Mm -hmm. let's shake it up. For Tanya, I always felt like Brittany was not into Santana as much as she was into Britt. Santana had a whole coming out, and Brittany was was taken as uh, and Brittany was taken as well she's just an airhead doing oh and Brittany was taken as well she's just an airhead doing what she does only this season has been there only this season has there been a real show of emotions from Brittany mm-hmm. but I've always felt that Santana deserves the passion the same passion that she has from someone so I'm totally okay with this Wemma, of the four couples, this is one I hope makes it through. They've been on and off from the start. There have been so many obstacles. They are adults about to get married, and they are better. Uh, and they are what? And they? Are, <laughs> I don't know why I can't read today. And they are. They are. I uh, no. I think it's written that way. They and they are, better each other. Oh, and they better and each they better other. Each other. <laughs> oh, they better each other like a verb. <laughs> as a verb and not an adjective. I do. Oh, I, God. I, I can't read today. It's like 10 o'clock at night. It's And it's on my TV screen, so it's awkward. Oh, no. <laughs> my computer's still not fixed. <laughs> um, so on to the actual episode. 
I guess I will start with the songs. I loved each and every one of them. There was no song that was just thrown in there for fun. I guess I should have known this would be the case since it was about breaking up. Where's the fun in that? My two favorite songs of the night were, of course, Teenage Dream, because I'm Team Blaine. He made it so emotional, it was nice to hear it slow down, and well, it's Blaine. I also loved mine, Santana's song to Britney. I miss Santana's voice. I'm hoping the end of this couple doesn't mean less Santana, because that... Because as we've all noticed, the best songs from last year were pretty much all Santana songs. She's a force to be reckoned with, and Glee would be stupid not to have her on regularly. I found this episode a bit harder to write feedback for because there were no real high notes. It was a sad episode, and Kitty's rapture was just terrible. Mm -hmm. They they couldn't think of a better way to showcase Britney feeling left behind. Kitty sucks, and Jake dumping her hopefully means much less of her. Also, being a Blaine fan, I was very upset that he would cheat with another guy. I originally thought he'd never do that. But then again, he's always been Kurt's boyfriend, and we have no other aspect of him, so maybe mm-hmm. he would. I'd like to think it wasn't in his character, but the rest of the season will hopefully be learning more about Blaine's character. I don't fault Rachel for cheating on Finn. He left without really ending it, but it was pretty much over. And then uh, and then to no contact with her for four months. If I was her, I'd think it was over. Even if you can't call on boot camp, the U.S. Postal Service still exists. Use it. I feel like he can be upset and feel lost, but you can't blame an 18-year-old girl in a new big city for moving on. On that note, I'd like the scene between Mr. Shu and Finn. They always had a great relationship. It's nice to see Finn being able to break down and cry to him and Mr. Shu letting him hang at Glee. Why did Finn and Blaine stay after the reveal of the cheating? If that was me, I would have kicked Blaine out, or if I was Finn, I would have gone home. It was in the middle of the night, but it's New York. You can always find a train, bus, or flight back home anytime. I'm super excited about Greece. My friends and I saw the movie in the theater for its 20th year anniversary, and they left me sitting, <laughs> sitting alone because I know every line and recited oh. the whole movie. I don't, I don't think it has a good enough plot to mirror what's going on in everyone's life like West Side Story did, but who knows? Maybe they'll actually find a creative way. Maybe they'll actually be creative and find a way to do it. I'm not holding my breath. At the end, I was a little confused. Did they all break up? From what I got, only Britannia and Finchel were definites. I'm, I'd assume Clean was done as well, but what about Wemma? I hope, I really hope they last. Boo for them not coming back until November, but that definitely helps me get some time to live life instead of thinking about Glee all the time. I guess I should focus on the presidential election or yeah. Vampire Diaries next week. <laughs> Priorities, girl. You got them. Also, I'm a little upset from the coming attractions that Blaine is Teen Angel in Greece and not Danny Zuko. I guess I can see Jake as the lead and Marley as Sandy, but uh, Blaine is better. Mm-hmm. Unique is Rizzo. Oh, God. I didn't no. see that. Oh. I didn't either. Oh, Wait, Lord. Did you, wow, Tina really gets fucked again. Yeah, she does. Oh, goodness. Unique is Rizzo, which bugs me, but I guess there was really no one else to be her. Love Sugar is Frenchie. Until next month, this is Brienne signing off. My feedback was a little bit all over the place. I think that's because my emotions were toyed with too much. <laughs> the um, Yeah, I was trying to like, pause the previews to see who was who, and I couldn't really see. Um, but that's interesting. Yeah, I just wasn't paying attention. Yeah. Sugar, uh, Frenchie, sugar is good. Yeah, that's perfect. Rizzo should have been Tina. You would think. Clearly. But <laughs> then that would cause the show to remember that Tina is a character. <laughs> True. And they're really not that good at that. They're not. Is, All right. Is Tina like Marty. <laughs> Tina, Tina might actually be Kaniki. I don't know. Be like, was there an Asian in in uh, in Greece? No. Okay, Tina, why don't you be the the, the, the yeah? Or was the who's the um 
Wait, is is cheat not Cheetah? What's her name? The um. Oh um. Uh, fuck. What's her name? Oh, she just died a couple like a couple months ago. God, they talked about her on fucking Hollywood Fre- Babylon this week. Freaka Samarita. Oh my, we are just losing it this week. God, what? Is, it's like right there. I can't get it. If um, listening, she's screaming at us right now. I don't want. Uh, I want to be satisfied and remember it. Oh, my name is. <laughs> It ends in ah. Uh, that I know. I'm oh. looking it up. I don't have to tell you, but I'm gonna. I'm looking it up for myself because it will drive me crazy. Um, oh, it's bothering me so much. Oh, 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 Tina could be Patty Simcox, the really enthusiastic girl. Oh, okay, I found it. I want. Oh, I want to remember it on my own. Don't tell me. I'm not gonna tell you. Don't worry. Um, see, on the flip side, yeah, I am so happy that we have November, that we have the next like month off, yeah. um, just because. Because also, I'm moving, so it's going to be a stressful time. So it's nice to not have uh, to have to worry about that. So yeah, it's actually timed very conveniently for my life and your life as well, because you're going on vacation, yeah, going away yeah. for a couple of days, and then oh, I- they're they're working with us, which is kind of nice of them. Yeah. All right, Wayne Kotke, titles his email. You can't see it, but I'm doing what world? I'm doing that world's smallest violin thing for all the Glee characters. Violet and Daisy. Erica asked us to give her feedback short this week, and I've already said my piece about the breakup on Facebook, so I'll spare you my usual 3,000-word autopsy. <laughs> In brief, maybe the part of me which responded once to Glee is dead now, or just sleeping. But I did not get wrapped up in this episode the way seemingly everyone else did. This is Glee at its most emotional, with lots of crying and sad songs and people staring thoughtfully into space while dressed in black. The way Fox was shamelessly shamelessly flashing hashtags on the screen, you could tell that this was obviously a very special episode. And yet, for the most part, I was unmoved. These people were all too pretty to have real problems, and a lot of this episode just felt terribly overwrought and self-indulgent to the point that it was unintentionally comedic. French novelist Gustave Flaubert once said that sadness is a vice. I think there comes a point at which we start enjoying our grief a little too much because it makes us feel like we matter more than we really do. Certainly, Rachel was deriving pleasure from her supposed anguish this week. You can't tell me she didn't rehearse a lot of what she was going to say to Finn when she flew from New York to Ohio to break up with him. Finn, of course, responded by being as blank as he's always been. The poor guy. (laughs) You know, this episode did have one unexpected consequence for me. For the first time in I don't know how long, I actually felt a little sorry for Finn. I didn't hate him the way I did for most of season two and three. He just seemed so forlorn, so overmatched, so pitiful. And he didn't really put much of a fight to hold on to Rachel. He took one look at Brody, knew he was outgunned, and just gave up with a shrug like Charlie Brown would have. <laughs> See, that's behavior I can relate to. That's been my coping strategy. Cha-cha! You got it! Yes! <laughs> you got it! <laughs> Did it come to you or did you look it up? No, it came to me. Good job. At that exact moment. <laughs> Something in comparing Finn to Charlie Brown made you think, cha-cha! Yes. I was like, that's I'm Finn. The opposite. I'm the best dancer in town with the worst reputation. <laughs> what was that? A lock of hair from her chest. <laughs> okay. We're good? We'll move on? I, yeah, I feel a lot better now. Go ahead. I am glad. All right. At the first sign of real adversity, just give up before you make a damn fool of yourself. It's a good policy, too. Every time I violated that rule, I've regretted it. Finn tries to escape his relationship with Rachel by slinking away in silence. Classic move, Finn. I wholeheartedly approve. Rachel won't have it, though. She insists on a loud, messy, dramatic, face-to-face breakup. But I ask you, Glee Caster, wasn't Finn's solution better? 
Either way, the relationship was dead. What's the point of flying halfway across the country just to poke the corpse with a stick? I hate confrontation and avoid it any way I can. Personally, I don't see the value in it, especially when the same results can be achieved without it. Why cause yourself extra aggravation? Rachel does it because she feeds on it. She lives for drama. Her motives were entirely selfish, which is what made that scene so funny to me. I think that's a good point because Rachel is the kind of person who does need that drama in life. And if she didn't have it, we'd have an episode where she complains about how nothing has happened to her and she can't be a good actress because of it. Yeah, but you need that closure, too. Like, Oh, I completely agree. You couldn't yeah. just have him, like, go away and that be it. Like, she, she needed that. Yeah, no, I've <laughs> I, for very personal reasons, I agree completely. Yes. Um, Wayne continues. I haven't commented on the other stories this week. All known the Clayne breakup was coming, so there was no surprise whatsoever when it did, apart from Blaine's admission of infidelity. Ryan Murphy said he wanted drama for this couple this season, so, well, he gave them some drama. Are you happy now, Ryan? Was that dramatic enough for you? I don't think the show will stick with the Will-Emma breakup, since I think they've already promised us, or threatened us with, a wedding episode. It was a nice nice to daydream about, though. I've always said that Will was a controlling, pushy jerk in his relationship with Emma. She brings out the worst in him for some reason, and it was good to see her stand up for herself this week. The storyline that came closest to working on me this week was the Britney Santana breakup, which I also kind of sensed was coming, but which was really affecting nonetheless. One minor complaint, I hated Santana's use of the term energy exchange. Never again, Naya Rivera, never again. It didn't work with me this week. The awful, awful rapture subplot with Kitty, Jake, and Marley. That was just Glee taking cheap shots at Midwestern religious conservatives on a stupid, smug, and shallow way. Look, Annie, I'll just come clean here. On the religious political spectrum, I'm an atheist on the far left. And I am frequently embarrassed and appalled by my own kind. Liberals and atheists can be some of the most insufferable human beings on the planet. I am sure that I would strongly dislike Ryan Murphy if we ever met, even though our political views would probably be the same. And I am afraid that the character of Kitty is becoming a one-woman conduit for all of these worst tendencies. I feel sorry for the actress in this utterly thankless and demeaning role. I can tolerate Jake and even the vac—I can never say this word—vacuous Marley— if they, if they are kept in the margins of the show and don't hog too much airtime with their utterly generic and boring relationship. But Kitty has to go. She's just a straw man, a punching bag, a walking cartoon, and I'm positive she was Ryan Murphy's creation. Anyway, that's my time. You've been a great audience. Tip your waitress, Wayne Kotke. Uh, and again, he puts a link in there, Erica. Okay. Okay. Um, you can find more of Wayne at d2rights.blogspot.com. Yeah, and on the kitty note, I agree 100%. Um, and I, I know exactly how Wayne feels about that. The whole, uh, that liberal atheist um, attack on conservatism is just as bad as conservative attacks on liberal media, if you will, in different ways. And uh, Ryan Murphy's construction of kitty is about as one note as can be and is ends up not being anything because it's just offensive to everyone because it's just stupid. Yep. Yeah, so I agree. Um, I'm cur- I'm sure they have something planned for Kitty. Like, she has a one-legged mother who is part mermaid and has a tail or something. And, you know, we're going to get some shit like that eventually, I'm sure. Yeah, something uh, ridiculous. And I've already boycotted it. So. All right, then. Uh, so we're, uh, uh, Glee takes a hiatus probably until November sweeps, I'm guessing. Probably. Until after, until after the World Series, which is generally second week or so of November. Really? 
Well, because, yeah, you have a lot of playoffs, Erica. It's, it's so different. long. Why is there so much baseball? Because they added a second wild card spot. There was a one-game playoff. Now that's over. Right now, they're in the second round where you still have within division. After these series are over, you have one more. And then you have the World Series, which can go as many as seven games. I know. I know. It's it's a lot. It's, it I'm a baseball be- fan. It's still a lot for me. It used to be over in like September, like the first week of school. And I remember like watching the World Series. I mean, I think it used to. The main thing is just that they essentially added one more round of playoffs for better and worse, more for worse. Um, Too long. I know. But come on, let's go Orioles. Andy Chavez represent. Orioles are winning right now. Two nothing top of the ninth. Two one top of the ninth. Um, playing the Yankees. I am, I'm rooting for an Orioles nationals world series. If it matters to anyone, I don't know that it does, but that's who I'm going with. Yay. Football. football. Nothing you said makes any, doesn't mean anything to me. So my Packers. See, this is what happens with long distance. See how I know (laughs) my Packers aren't playing well. That's all I know. And neither, either of my fantasy football teams. So we'll just move right along. 2013. We'll, we'll look forward. All right. All right, folks. If you want to email us, you may. Uh, gleecast at gmail.com. That's gleecast with a K. Uh, obviously, we'll be gone with Glee being gone probably for most of the month. Um, but please come to our Facebook page because I'm sure we will keep discussion going on about whatever. Definitely. A life- and seriously, watch that Lifetime movie because it's great. All right. So. All right. That's it then. That's indeed it. I hope everybody has good energy exchanges and enjoys their month of October. Happy Halloween. Yeah, happy Halloween. We'll see you next month. Bye, folks. Bye. Do 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 down do be do down down. Come a come a down do be do down down. Come a come a down do be do down down. Breaking up is hard to do. Don't take your Breaking up is hard to do Remember when you held me tight And you kissed me all through the night Think of all that we've been through And breaking up is hard to do They say that breaking up is hard to do Now I know, I know that it's true Breaking up is hard to do.